0: Hi and thanks for downloading this episode of Queer I Am the podcast. I really hope you enjoy it. This podcast started as a small idea and has turned into a real passion project for me and is something that I wish to continue to make way into the future but I need your help in doing so. So there is a cost in making Queer I Am the podcast and it's something that I funded and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. But if you'd like to get involved and support the podcast by subscribing to Acas Plus, that would be incredible. And if this is something you can't do, no worries at all. I really hope you keep enjoying the episodes and I intend to keep making them for as long as possible. Season 3 is coming up and you are in for an absolute treat. I am so, so excited. If you'd like to support the podcast, details of how you can do this are in the blurb of the episode you were listening to, and what this also means is you get to listen to all of the episodes of Queer I Am the podcast, past and future, completely ad-free, so no interruptions whatsoever. What could be better? Anyway, enough of the serious blurb. Let's crack on with the show.
1: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring.
0: I am so excited to speak with today's guest. They're an independent singer-songwriter who has released four solo albums and a collection of their works in 2022. They also had a show at the Brighton Fringe Festival in 2021, The Way Old Friends Do, a celebration of ABBA. They're talented, hardworking and determined and they're also super lovely. I'm thrilled to be talking to the incredible talent that is Alan Bonner. So whatever you're up to, this is your time to settle down, relax and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Queer I Am. So, Alan... Thank hello, very, hello, and welcome to episode six of the podcast. And thank you very, very much for um, for joining. It's so, normal. How are you feeling today?
3: I'm good. I'm I'm grand. Thank you. Feeling good. How are you?
0: I'm. Um, you know, that's really nice for you to. ask. thank you. I'm all right. I, I was just, it was a two way street. It is. Yeah. <laughs> um. No. Good. I'm. I'm hoping there'll be a bit more sunshine. soon, I have to say, Me I'm getting too. a bit bored of the the weather. Although the other day I did um have the window open when it was raining and I was having a nap
3: and that was actually quite nice. I quite like listening to the rain. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. I like that too, actually. Well, a an and song. a storm at night—if you're in bed, yes. to a storm—that's that's I like that yeah. a lot.
0: Actually. I think there was a thunderstorm yesterday, actually. Yeah, there was. Didn't, well, yeah, and um, which I quite like listening to. It's, but I agree—if you're in bed as well, it's really cozy, isn't it? Mm. But uh, but no, I'm good. Thank you very much. And so, if you had a song to reflect your mood today, what would your song be?
3: Oh, mm. uh, off the top of my head, mm. Bruce Springsteen, Thunder Road. I have no idea what that is. How does it go? Look it up. Okay, good, good tune. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I think so.
0: And you were just saying about work today was kind of okay. So is that reflecting your work mood or just your kind of general just, mood? You
3: know, it's a it's a little grey outside, but you know. So yeah, it's a little bit, and it's not a bad. It's not. It's not a bad mood. It's just a. It's just a, a, a Thunder Road kind of mood. Okay, fine. <laughs> I, I need
0: to. I need to have a listen to this. Okay, yeah, fab. Yeah. I was thinking about this earlier, because um, when I kind of ask that question I always think what would my song today be and um uh, everybody's free to feel good just popped in my head. You oh, know. that's a tune. It's a tune. But yeah, um, yeah. there's a really lovely album, um, Alex Christensen and the Berlin Orchestra, and yeah. they've basically done remade all like '90s um, tracks, amazing dance tracks. So it's all those kind of songs, but then to an orchestra, amazing. And that's a really good one. So um, that was my kind of tune for the day.
3: Did you um, did you go to uh, Ibiza Rocks? Was it Ibiza Rocks? Or, no, sorry, uh, something that's not called Ibiza Rocks. It's called. Um, Summertime classics at the race course. No. Yeah. So last summer and I think they do it this year as well. They they do a gig at the race course every year where it's um old like nineties club oh, trance oh, bangers played with live live band, live vocals and live orchestra. Amazing. It's brilliant okay
0: I think there was something at the centre actually um, is it the um, London um, I can have is it the Philharmonic Orchestra doing the Ibiza classics yeah I think it was the um, so that would
3: probably be the same thing, same kind of may, thing yeah, yeah
0: with the DJ um, what's his name from the radio who um, does all the Ibiza stuff the Ibiza shears, I don't know mm. anyway it looked really good but um, yeah that album though is pretty cool because it's all these dance classics that you remember listening to on the radio as a kid and then to have it kind of brought to life in a different way is actually really nice. So yeah, um, yeah. I quite enjoy that. So when we met a few weeks ago, when we um, originally met to talk about the podcast, uh-huh. I guess the one thing that really stuck out to me was, from, was that you grew up just down the road from me.
3: I did indeed, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah and actually, yeah.
0: I was just thinking about that. Your accent is kind of... Um, I don't know, you don't sound like you're from Suffolk.
3: See, people... I do when I've had a drink. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Although people always think I'm from the West Country. Yeah, you People did, yeah. always say it's more West Country. But I don't know. They're kind of similar, I suppose, slightly. But I'm not. I'm from Suffolk. You're from Suffolk. And and yeah, Sudbury, yeah. was that right? Sudbury, yeah. Sudbury. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm.
0: cool. And how long have you lived in Brighton? So
3: I moved here in 2006. And I lived here for about three years. And then I moved away again and came back in 2017. So altogether, five, six, seven, like eight years altogether. But I had like... Eight years away, away in, the, well. in the middle. So yeah. yeah, and glad to be back. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I've been back ages now. It doesn't feel, you know feels like like you went away. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't feel like everyone went away, but I did.
0: <laughs> and what, what do? You, one question I've asked everyone is kind of what gets under your skin with Brighton in a good way. So like, what draws you to this place? Um, because people seem to come here and either go away and come back, or just come and never leave.
4: Um,
3: it, magic. There's a magic to Brighton. Mm there definitely is you know i'm pretty well traveled and i and there's definitely something about brighton Mm -hmm. that's in the air and in the spirit of the place that isn't anywhere else and i think the sense of community down here Mm -hmm. the sense that you can be anything you want to be do Mm -hmm. anybody uh, do anybody (laughs) do anything you want to do Freudian slip there dear listener um you know, you can just. There's just a sense of freedom about the place, and yes, you know, gentrification has you know taken some of that away to some extent, but there's still a real air that you know anything goes, and as long as you're nice to people, then then you're welcome to stay and do what you do and be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a and good I, vibe. Yeah, there is. Yeah,
0: yeah. That well, like the day I met you outside Two Pines, and you kind of walked up in your flip flops, and you have just been to the beach, sunbathing, yeah. and have a bit of a chill day. And th- I think that is so lovely that that's. Like a Sunday, do you know what yeah. I mean? It's such a normal yeah, yeah, Sunday, yeah. so yeah, I just gonna pop to the
3: beach, have some chill time, yeah. with being some friends. by the sea is really important to me. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it really, really uh, fixes my head mm-hmm. being by the water. Yeah. yeah, do you know it's one of those things
0: I always said, and like again, you I mean you know this, like living in Suffolk, like you go to Felixdale, or you go to like one of those seaside towns, and you just it's all <laughs> yeah. a bit bleak Ple- in the. Winter. Hills, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a lower stop, yeah, and yeah. it's always a bit bleak, and I think. I always kind of said to my other half, I was like, I don't know if I could live by the sea because I think in the winter it might be a little bit depressing. And
3: I, I like that about it though. Well, I, I like the drama
0: of it. So I have to say, this year I'm I'm converted. A, because I love it here anyway. Yeah. But um, yeah, there was just something really quite peaceful and relaxing about it. After like there being like a really turbulent couple of years, actually arriving mm-hmm. here in November, being here like Christmas time with the sea and mm. the weather and everything, it was just yeah. beautiful. So I think and, and I think also I've done the hardest part now of the year. Yeah. Because like the autumn and winter is kind of like, you know, when it gets a bit bleak, but now we're getting into summer. So now it's the really exciting time, I think. Yeah. So I think if you can do the winter in the autumn, you probably Yeah,
3: and I, I actually I obviously I'm biased as someone that that, you know, is an adoptive Brightonian that lives mm. down here. Uh, I think it's charming all year round. I think at in, in Christmas time, it's beautiful. In the autumn, the sunsets are like no, nowhere else. You know, the mm-hmm. winter sunsets, you know. Summer's obviously amazing. Spring's brilliant. You have the festival. The whole city comes to life in the spring. The only time it's a bit crap is, you know, January through to March. But then find anywhere other than like Thailand where it isn't crap in those yeah. months. anyway. You know, so yeah. Well, I have to say that I'm after, sold.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. And after last year with lockdowns and everything, the, all the previous two years, January to March this year was amazing because I was out most weeks um, at the pub or seeing people or meeting new people. And it was my first few months yeah. here. So compared to the year before where we were like stuck at home, not being able to actually do anything. Mm. Um, I don't know. I was my. I, I felt like that quarter actually went really, really quickly yeah. as well.
3: And that's another thing I love about it. Danny. It's just a real buzz. There's a real buzz about the place. There's a real artistic mm. energy here Mm. you know there's always somewhere to go there's always a gig there's always a theater production there's always something happening something to do for a relatively small city Mm -hmm. you know and yeah it's it's gorgeous it's got a real sort of bohemian 70s thing going Mm. on Mm -hmm. or maybe that's just in my head
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i think you know but you know um having grown up where I grew up. Yeah, the difference the difference. Yeah. yeah. So when people say, Where are you from? Like, I'm oh, well, originally from yeah. Suffolk, I'm like, How did you survive thirty-seven years there? And I'm like, I have no
3: idea. Well, I, I didn't. I got out as soon as I could. I got I didn't look, I I don't want to slag off Suffolk. I love my hometown, I love everybody in my hometown. But but you know, I found it stifling to mm. be a, a, a queer or a gay a gay teenager there, you know, closeted. Growing up in the eighties and nineties, there was not the most progressive of places, let Mm. me tell you. And um, you know, so I had to, you know, go to the big city. You know, I I went to London as soon as I could. But um, so I'm not. I don't want to slag it off at all because I don't think you should ever slag off your roots. Your roots Mm. are your roots. Mm. But um, I was never going to prosper there in the way that I needed to. No, so no,
0: and yeah, and for me, it's. I think it's not about slagging it off, but it's just a recognition of kind of how different life is. I mean. I, you know we kind of we we stayed there for a long time and and we've got family there and friends there and you know i'm, I'm gonna actually go back for the first time in about three weeks time in six months
3: but don't you love go- i love going back i've not been back, back yet
0: it's my first time going back so that's gonna be yeah, but
3: you haven't been away that long yet though have you how long you been months. away now? six months yeah yeah, yeah yeah
0: but um but my husband got off the train the other day and took a picture of the, the Street stranger go at the train station just what? with a, a sentence just saying bleak because <laughs> it is, but then when you do come back to Brighton you're like oh my god we're back it's amazing so I'm not slagging off Suffolk but I did 37 years I feel like I did, yeah, I did, I did my done, thing you've done your time I did my time but I, I was thinking about what my thing is and I, I always say this on the, to the guests as well and last night I was thinking what would my thing be What what is it that draws me at the moment I think it's just and I said this to my friend last night I just love that this is home like I just mm. I don't you know, every week I've when I've recorded, I've been like, it's been something different. We've just kind of gone, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy I can see this person or go for a coffee here or go and see a show. But actually, just this week, it's just that this is where I live. And that that's yeah. enough for it to be kind of great and under my skin, I think, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, we are all very, very lucky. And I, I, yeah. I hope I never lose this feeling. Um, but yeah, we'll see. So 2007, your first album, yeah. Um, was released and then this year you've released your 23 track kind of collective um album which is your kind of um Mm -hmm. before the half light the selected work and um and obviously that covers four solo albums which is incredible yeah um so talk to me about the decision to release this kind of body of work now
3: so um so I've just come so basically I've come off the back of last year doing a big show for the fringe and a, and a record that went alongside that was was an album of ABBA covers mm-hmm. and the fringe show is 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 me and my band reinterpreting the ABBA uh, songbook and me telling the story of of growing up like we've just spoken about mm-hmm. um a closeted confused um teenager in the wilds um used you see, you know, hide away and, 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 you know, listen to seventies pop music. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, so we had done this whole show and we had done this whole thing around ABBA, which was wonderful, uh, and quite successful. We did the fringe. We're doing pride this year. We did the ironworks, um, and we're going to play it. We're going to play in, in my hometown actually in Sudbury in, in the, the key theater in December. Amazing. So, you know, it sort of plays at selective theaters around the country when we get to book it. But I'd spent a year, or, or or more working on this album working on this fringe show and writing it and producing it and so i'd sort of left my own music to one side for a while the last record i did of my own material was 2018 mm-hmm. um and i hadn't played live that actually the the, the i had not played live i think since doing some sort of like online fundraising concerts during lockdown for the um the uh, what was it called? The Save Our Venues campaign. Okay. When all the music venues were going under, we did some fundraising oh, stuff. So I was involved in that, but um, I hadn't really played my music, you know, since then. And I kind of sort of left it to one side to, to focus on this other project. And and then I realised that, you know, it was taking me a while getting back into writing my own songs and it was going to be a little while before I was going to be able to put out any material of my own. And then I thought, well, it's been 15 years and, four albums five if you count the abba one although that's not included on this on this sort of compilation record um and i just thought you know actually to be a diy independent mm. um artist isn't for the faint-hearted mm-hmm. to do it once isn't for the faint-hearted let alone to do it for 15 years and five records and numerous tours and all the rest of it and it's been quite a wild ride even though maybe it hasn't taken me to the dizzy heights of stardom i hoped it might yet mm-hmm. um I just thought it kind of was worth documenting. Mm, absolutely. Um, in some way. And also, it was a nice, tidy little gap before, you know, to put something out because this year there's not going to be any, any new music. So, <laughs> <But> it must <laughs> to be real. Keep, To keep my foot in the game, so to speak.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean,
3: you mentioned, and I was going to come on
0: to the ABBA kind of fringe mm. shows, you mentioned that, which I guess that's, and I listened to, you sent me some stuff before the podcast and we recorded, and I listened to your interview with um, Fag Break. Oh, ah, yeah. Um, yeah. And. Obviously, you're talking about your um, just hearing ABBA for the first time and what mm-hmm. you were doing and being that age and yeah. that being your kind of inspiration and stuff. Yeah. So how did it feel all those years later to be kind of, you know, having your own show at the Fringe Festival, you know, marking kind of your heroes, I guess, in some way? Yeah,
3: it felt like it had come full circle in a weird, in a, in a weird way. I mean, um, so they were the first pop music I ever heard when mm-hmm. I was five. Mm-hmm. And I remember, and I say it in the show, I remember being sat... I, I, in front of my grandmother's record mm-hmm. player um, eating an ice lolly and it dripping down my legs and, and hearing this music for the first time and absolutely falling in love with it. And I still remember what that ice lolly tastes mm-hmm. like. I can remember at that moment. You know, you don't remember a lot of things from your childhood, but you have these weird little like, episodic um, memories. Uh, what the, year was that snapshot? being as well? I don't know, the late 80s. Okay. So what I was, what, five in what? 88 87 88 something like okay. that. So um yeah and and then so they were my way into music and then I, and you know I remember learning to play Fernando with one hand on a keyboard when I was like 6 and and then you know school I wasn't very you know I was I, I was kind of fat and kind of awkward and and you know I got the mickey taken out of me and I had a, like a nervous stutter and I was a bit of an I was a total nerd actually during like primary school and middle school at least um, and singing was the first thing anybody told me I was good at mm-hmm. so you know it was kind of a natural progression really and then and then you know I hit my teens and I got into like you know Rock music and Britpop mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, of course, all that stuff and started you know smoking and drinking and misbehaving <laughs> and having loads of fun. But uh, yeah, you know, ABBA were my way in, and you know, say what you like about them, I, you know, it was really lovely to sort of do a, a full circle thing. And really, the only reason that I thought about even doing the show well, actually that I thought about doing the album first, and then a friend of mine said to me, "You should make the, You should do a show of this for the fringe." And then and then I sort of wrote this show around it, but I'd only really decided to do it because i'd got writer's block i'd sort of tried to write an mm-hmm. album and shelved it because i didn't like what was coming out so mm-hmm. i sort of just put that to one side for a bit so it kind of completely happened by accident
0: really but that's quite lovely though especially yeah. if you get to mark like your heroes and you get to you know perform music that you yeah. adored for years
3: and it's been nice because there's been there's people that have got into that record or got into the show that have discovered me that way that would not have gone near my own records yeah, because yeah. my own music and and that albumed it's quite different i mean that uh, my my abba my the the versions of the abba songs i do i don't sound anything like abba it's Mm. like like me doing abba Mm. um but it's definitely been a way in for people that wouldn't have discovered me otherwise which is great that's lovely yeah
0: Well, i listened to um the song's gone i was gonna say i know him so well that's not an abba song that's well they
3: wrote it technically did they yeah benny and bjorn wrote that What, what did i ask you to sing today uh, the winner takes it the all. The winner takes it all. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, even, I had a blank there, but I listened to your version today, and I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was really, really Thank lovely. You. And actually, that's my probably my favourite because it's quite dramatic. I do like a little bit of Voulez-Vous, I have to say, mm, yeah. <laughs> bit partial to that one. Bit but, disco. Um, yeah, definitely. But I think you know when you, you hear an ABBA track, you can't help but just feel yeah. something. You know, it's, it's
3: geniuses at it, uh, what they did. Absolute, absolute geniuses. Um, how
0: do you feel about what they're doing now with the? The is awesome I can't wait. Are you going to go? You've got God, tickets. God yeah, i Yeah, yeah totally. Amazing. Amazing. That's
3: going to be that's going to be a, a memorable night out for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. It's really interesting because um when I was a
0: kid, um so you probably remember this. Do you remember when Tina Turner came to Ipswich? When the first big
3: concert in Ipswich. No, I know I can't say I do. So
0: 1990, I was 6. Yeah. She came the day before my birthday. So I was 5 actually technically. Um and my dad went and like it was like the gig. So like your aunties and uncles went, my dad went, everyone I think my mum had <laughs> just had an ops so she couldn't go. And um and I remember we my mum worked at the football ground, she um, worked in the centre spot restaurant. So the next day we got to go and see like the stage being taken down and all this kind of stuff. And I just remember cool. it being this really big thing that everyone was talking about. And then in the September, um, it was played on Sky Television and my dad said oh you know just watch this and I was
3: six oh, so they, what the, the gig she did at Ipswich was no it was televised. in Barcelona so okay. it was the same can con- I say slightly more slightly more glamorous yeah right? yeah. <laughs> it, was,
0: it was the same The same tour the Foreign Affair tour Yeah, but since that moment hooked and again that was I think it really resonated what you were saying because that was like there was no reason why I should have loved a 50-year-old woman singing Proud Mary the way yeah, she there did. Yeah, because
3: inside there, inside deep, there was some little part of yourself that knew you were a little gay boy.
0: Yeah, of course, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But there was just, I just kind of, I don't know, I was just drawn to it. And I yeah. would watch, we had it on recorded on VHS, and I, like, that tape died because it was watched again and again. And I don't know if this is a bit weird, right? Like, you and you analyze stuff when you get older. Yeah. At the end of the concert, she goes up these stairs, and she turns around and waves, and then she goes... And I used to feel so sad when she went, so I'd rewind it back just as
3: she came back down the stairs. <laughs> it's because I think I think that... It was
0: escapism. It's
3: exactly that, exactly yeah. that. And, you know, I I think about this a lot, actually, and I've spoken about this a lot in various, you know, different times previously. There's a reason why, you know, when Bowie died, mm. so many of the queer community... I mean, the world over was was bereft, but, you know, I think if you like me which you did or anybody grows up in a small town where you know that you know life's a bit gray and they feel different and they feel like mm. you know there's something different about them and that the, you know bowie um watching top of the pops and seeing david bowie or watching madonna twirling around in a pink wig to like a virgin another very early memory of mine by the way mm-hmm. um uh there was this sense that you know, these weird, wonderful, colourful, alien creatures, that there was a life out there somewhere that yeah. wasn't like the grey that you saw around you. Definitely. And it spoke to that part of you that knew you, that you were different. Mm-hmm. Even, bef- even before you were young enough to understand what that really meant. Yeah, I agree. You know, yeah. and I think there's really something in that. Um, it's different now mm. for the kids coming up because they've got the internet and everything's there all the time. If you were growing up in the 80s or the 90s or the pre-internet age, there was no you only got to see what was around you. And mm. if you were queer, you didn't really have role models or positive ones, at least. Um, I mean, I'm speak. I'm speaking very generally, but I'm, but you know, but, but it was that was t- my experience. Anyway. Yeah. And it
0: was a time as well where you looked to the press, gotcha. and, you know, it was just God, kind yeah. of an awful time for queer Terrible people.
3: Terrible time. I remember being, It was 1991, November 1991, the day Freddie Mercury died and being stood in the playground. And I was only, God, how old must I have been then? Seven. Mm. And uh, all the kids saying he died, he got AIDS. It's because he was gay and it's it's his fault. And I remember feeling frightened and guilty and ashamed, even though I didn't understand why. Yeah. You know, because the level of hatred in the media at that time, the level of fear in the media at that time, permeated everything. Mm. So, if a seven-year-old in a playground is feeling that way, mm-hmm. that just says how much, mm. how much it was there. It was palpable. do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, and absolutely. I, feel, I think that it's quite difficult now for people that have come up a bit later to fully grasp that. Mm. Um, in the same way that it's it's difficult for somebody like me to grasp what it was like to actually be coming of age in the eight, in the eighties. Mm. Um, uh, pandemic so i think i think it's all good i think things shift but i think i think that there's really something about looking looking outward or upward to see life uh, you know a life less ordinary that's out there for you somewhere yeah, yeah. i think there's you know i think that's kind of what, what we're talking about a little absolutely bit, you know?
0: yeah definitely and i do you know it's really interesting you say that because i don't remember him so i i think you're maybe like a year older, or maybe with are you 84 I'm eighty three. I'm eighty four. Jan, January eighty three. Right. Yeah. So yeah, like a year older than me. So I remember twenty one. We are in two thousand and four again. <laughs> oh but, yeah. Um, but no, I I remember like and kind of reports and stuff. But I don't actually remember that time. I don't think I understood anything. No. But, but it's interesting though because I do remember like you just saying about you felt that kind of guilt and shame or whatever. I remember people being talked about like queer people being talked about on the like if they're on the television or whatever yeah. in a drug drink. and I remember feeling like really like feeling all, like they were people, are, look, people are looking at yeah. me and I was like seven or eight and, and you I'm didn't like, I don't know I don't understand what it yeah. was but I felt there was something quite enough and, and then I was a bit aware I thought oh do
3: other people know? But I didn't know what they knew. Yeah. Same, same. Isn't that funny? Yeah. It's really interesting you said that. And you know, this sense of unease, you know, Mm. but you don't really know what you're uneasy about, but it's there. It's, it's it's very difficult. And it's something that I can only really sort of articulate now looking back on it, but it was definitely a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I live to tell the tale. Well, this is as it. As did you. Yeah, and this is it. And you
0: have to, and I think that's what I have to, you, we all have to focus on. As God, actually, yeah. You get you get through it and actually. It's not you, a pity party. No, you kind no. of, you know, it's all a journey. But, but I have to say, just on that point there around the music and stuff. So last week, I went and saw Years and Years at the Brighton Centre. Isn't he great? Amazing. Mm-hmm. So good. And I was saying to some friends after the gig, like, you know, when I was a teenager, so went through my teenage Turner phase, and I was a really big. I wasn't into the Britpop thing. I was Spice Girls through and through, and just you know, kind of all pop kind of it's thing. It's okay. We're like, we're
3: you know, everybody. There's no such thing as a guilty pleasure; only a pleasure.
0: I'm not over it either. They're still, they've been split up for twenty years. <laughs> I'm not over it. Um, but yeah, and um, I remember thinking, like, when I was that age, oh my god, I'd love to be the you know the sixth Spice Girl. I'd love to do this. And you look at all these kind of like girl bands or different you know, like Tina Turner or artists that were divas because it was how, I guess, I felt comfortable or resonated with my own personality. Yeah. But actually watching Ollie Alexander the other day and with all his queerness, his androgyny, how he just presented himself on the stage, I thought, God, that's amazing. There's going to be young teenagers now that are going to have a completely different you yeah. know, concept of, of what, what they can aspire because to Because they've be. got queer role models. Visibility. And I
3: think, yeah, and I think there's, um, you know, one of the songs um, that I'm going to play today Augustine, it's about gay shame. Mm. It's about that thing of, you know, growing up feeling like you're less than. And mm. even if you know you're not, it, you know, it kind of permeates your subconscious oh. and it affects you. And it affects, you know, you have to do a lot of work as you get older and picking that and, and addressing that and, you know, years <laughs> in the therapist chair. However, I think it's wonderful now that there mm. are. You know, people like Ollie Alexander mm. that the kids have got to look up to uh, who are out and proud and not, are not only out and proud, but, you know, actively saying this is good. This is mm. great. This is OK. Mm-hmm. And I think that's wonderful. I think mm. that's a whole lot of um, positivity that, that, you know, yes, we might not always have had that, but. You know, it's, it's really lovely to see that the the things are changing slowly. I think Definitely. that's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Now I completely agree, and we were everyone was just at the gig, just like, oh my god, he's incredible, and he's very easy on the eye as well, which is always handy.
3: So, um, he's a handsome fella. He's very, yeah. he is. <laughs> Although he's very young, I'd feel. I, how is old is, is he? Thirty-one, thirty-two. Really? To me, he's like eighteen. No, he's like I think no. he's in his
0: thirties. Okay. Yeah, he's in his thirties. Well, older tra- than me, then. Change of, <laughs> 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 you're not looking for a daddy. <laughs> <laughs> next question uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so obviously these albums that we talked about are, are you know are independent and uh, you know and I think you know hard work perseverance you know you've obviously you have something you feel that you really want to make music write music and and release it for mm-hmm. people to hear like what what kind of keeps you going with that what I mean obviously you had the ABBA kind of um, concept and you know that was very much your kind of um, I guess inspiration when you were younger but actually as you got older what was it like
3: you thought okay I really need to do this this is
0: my Kind of cooling?
3: It was, mm, I think, well, there, there are two questions you just asked there. The first was, what keeps me doing it? Mm. I ask myself this often <laughs> <laughs> uh, because there, you know, I won't lie, there have been moments where I've wondered about chucking, chucking it all in. However, the thing that keeps me going is just that, you know, I'm an artist, mm. an artist create and it's about a, a need to do that to connect, to put, you know, to pour out the world, my world as as I see it, onto a page or onto a keyboard or whatever, and and write something that hopefully helps other people feel less alone and connect. Everything I do is kind of about wanting to connect. It's about bearing a little bit of your mm-hmm. soul. Um, you know, so that you can connect with somebody else's mm-hmm. and just trying to communicate, I suppose. And it's just about a burning desire to mm-hmm. to do that. When that goes, I will stop. But I don't think that'll ever go. I think mm-hmm. if you're an artist, you're an artist and that's mm-hmm. what you do, and you do it if you're seventeen or you do it if you're seventy-five. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's about age. Um and I don't always think it's about whether or not you can't be doing it because you're because it has to be about success or gain or um, adulation or whatever because that will come and that will go mm-hmm. in any artist's career to, ver- to varying degrees you have mm-hmm. ups you have downs and if you are only in it for that then you're in it for the wrong reasons you have to be doing it for 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 creation itself mm-hmm. um, and because it's a lonely life out there And and you know one thing we know is that great art great writing moves people and that brings me to the second question that you asked me the reason I did it I started, I guess, so I loved Tori Amos. Mm-hmm. I still do, mm-hmm. when I was, you know, a troubled teenager. And I remember f- discovering her music and, and, and just being so overwhelmed by it and the honesty of it and the depth of it and the rawness of it. And I couldn't play a single note on the piano, really. I mean, I played that one song when I was six or whatever, but I'd left the piano then I hadn't, you know, I'd never really touched it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd written lyrics, I'd written songs and things, and I sang. But uh, I went out and bought a keyboard when I heard her record and said, you've got to teach yourself the piano. Wow. So how old we? I did 18, 17, wow. 18. that's incredible. Um, so I did. And I've never actually had a professional pianist in my life. In fact, I think I've gone too far. I couldn't do it now. I'd have to unlearn all my bad habits to then learn again. But I guess I listened to those records. I know how some of those records by those people... Made me feel like I was less alone when I was sitting in my bedroom thinking nobody understood me. Yeah. I felt like she was singing to me, mm-hmm. and I thought if I can go out into the world and I can make music that makes other people feel mm-hmm. like she makes me feel, mm-hmm. then my work here is done. Yeah. Then I'm a happy man. Yeah, you know. Lovely. So that's kind of what what got me in, and kind of in a way, what still keeps me in. You actually, in. yeah, yeah.
0: And I think it's lovely what you said about kind of success, you know, coming, and going, and actually, it's about, just about the art because. I think there is something about if you're creative, you're creative. I mean, some some people just are not interested. But actually, you know, like with this podcast or, you know, friends that I've got locally, it's like we talk about creativity and talk about ideas and concepts or Mm. whatever. And there's something about having an idea and sparking some imagination and just kind of lifts you a bit. And, And I definitely think, you know, being creative, doing this podcast, thinking about even like the next season already you know it's it does something for my mental health as yeah, well it makes hugely. me feel balanced and excited yeah. and i have a purpose so do you feel that it, it's really positive for your well-being
3: as I do. well i do i mean essentially i create because i have to create mm-hmm. not because it's it, it's in me to do it and i can't not do it mm-hmm. it's it's an urge that i can't not succumb to mm-hmm. um that doesn't mean that i don't have periods where you know i'll have have lulls
4: Mm -hmm. but
3: even if you know even if i'm not writing an album i'll be you know making a music video you know something that's still creative Mm -hmm. but i think it is really good for my mental health i need a project if i don't have projects i get depressed quite quickly Mm -hmm. um it's good to have something to focus my energy on Mm -hmm. um and i just think it's good to do things things lead to more things as well
0: Yeah, more. Yeah, you're completely right. More conversations. You meet different people. It's just like, and you don't
3: know. You don't know the story that somebody. You know, I put my records out in the world, and I don't have a major label or anything like that. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still in relative obscurity. I've got a small following, but you know, it could be a lot bigger. Mm. But it's not about that. You know, there, if you go on Spotify, you can see where people are listening to your records and they're in all corners of the globe. Mm,
4: that's and I haven't
3: always been to those places or toured them or even visit them as a tourist. So, you know, I don't, I don't know what people they're having, what connection they're having with, the, with those songs, but they're having a connection because they keep listening to them. Mm. So that's, that's beautiful. Mm. That's, that's an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. So that's, Sure, it's, Mark, the same with, it's the same with what same with what you're doing as well. Yeah. Like, you don't know who's going to be listening to this, who is moved or inspired, or, you know, thrown a lifeline by it in some way. And and that's that's a great thing.
0: Well, do you know that yeah, and I think when we first started recording these, again you have a an idea of what the show looks like and stuff. But I think on every episode I've talked about things with people that I had no idea we would talk about. Yeah. And that I think is for me that's been the most special part of the recording sessions because it's it's not the script not the scripted. it is very you know free freestyle free yeah, yeah but it's kind of i've got a structure but actually when like you're bringing up about you know being a kid and understanding you're different and stuff like that mm. you know there will be so many people that will just go god yeah i felt the same yeah and actually it's not a question I can just pose. you know, when you were a child, did you feel different? You know, it's and actually because it's that's not authentic. But when you have a conversation about it and things come up naturally, mm. it's made the podcast more special. And I hope that connects with people. Yeah. as Yeah. Well.
3: And I just I feel like, you know, there are a lot of conversation. A lot of the people I'm meeting, men, women, other mm. of all ages, but specifically people of our age who are talking about what it was like to come up in the time that we come up in. Mm. And it's it's more in the media now as well. I've not, or, or maybe it's not. And I'm just noticing it more. But there are, you know, there the, there's a lot of conversations being had around that. And I just think it's great that I can only talk about, you know, this country. I can't talk about anywhere else. And I can't talk about the other parts of the world where people are still heavily oppressed. But, you know, my nephew, who's three, if he's um, LGBTQ+, he will have a very different experience to the one that we did. Absolutely. Hopefully it won't even be a conversation. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great?
0: Yeah, well, it you totally know? would, wouldn't it? Yeah, so. completely. I think, yeah, and yeah, I kind of, um, I don't know, I speak to, or I see my friends that are parents now or people that I know and I just think, yeah, if their children came to them and said, you know, I'm queer, that there would just be a, a completely different view on, on that than what it was when we were children. Um, but as you said, hopefully we're moving into a direction where, things will just keep changing and evolving but i think it's it's just lovely to to think that actually any kind of art that you do can connect with someone and yeah. just make them reflect mm. and you've, you've obviously I hope t- so <laughs> yeah of course yeah absolutely absolutely you <laughs> <might> be wrong <laughs> no no I, d- I don't think you are but i think that's anything isn't it you can listen to you could like um i was talking to my friend anthony the other week about um the podcast about disco and about pop mm. songs and actually how disco songs are actually like tragedy on the dance floor God yeah kind of I it. love it I but love it but it's like again sometimes you can listen to the most upbeat song but it will just kind of evoke some sort of emotion within you yeah. and that that's art isn't it it's not it's you know it's not just coincidence that does something to mm. you so so I think it does I think you're on the right lines there yeah. and and obviously you've said that you know you've been really open about this you said that you know fame and fortune have kind of eluded you um, but you've had inspiration through travel friendship and adventure and you know how how much would you say all of those concepts or those kind of things that you've gone through have really influenced each album that you've made i mean is it like when you record an album do you think okay this is my this is what i'm feeling right now or is it that this is
3: my blue period (laughs)
0: yeah or is it actually you've done something and then you reflect back and go wow wouldn't that be great to to write about that or a situation for example Mm,
3: i think that i think everything that happens to me inspires me in some way finds its way in eventually even if it doesn't find its way in at the time Mm -hmm. um i think that sometimes i foretell my own future in songs which is a bit worrying (laughs) because they're always quite miserable (laughs) (laughs) they're not but yeah uh, i think um i don't know i think like it has what's been lovely and what i feel really grateful for in the in the space where you know fame and fortune and riches and diamonds could have been there has been adventure there has you know music has allowed me to travel mm-hmm. it's allowed me to meet people it's allowed me to you know play in these smoky little bars in, in, in bizarre corners of the world and meet people and connect with people in ways that I probably wouldn't have done otherwise yeah. you know it, it's it's my used to run an open mic. I lived in Berlin for two years and I used to run an open mic night there and the people from all corners of the world that would meet there and the stories and and everything leads to something like i said and it hasn't yes or right you know maybe I didn't get that big record deal and I didn't become worldly famous um but it did take me on a wild journey mm. and and that journey continues and that's mm-hmm. and that it's enriched my life in ways I could never have imagined mm. so um I'm internally grateful for that. Mm-hmm. I really am. And it does inspire the work, mm-hmm. you know, because everything does. Mm-hmm. I, well, for me, it does anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't really, when I sit down to write a record, I don't really think I'm going to write about this one thing. Things come up or they don't. Usually when I try to write about something, it doesn't work. And um, I, I normally need a bit of space from it. Sometimes years from an event in wow. order for me to be able to write about it because you have to process it enough. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, but yeah, I think everything makes its way in, you know, like mm-hmm. in some way. Anyway, it does for me. Yeah, and the art kind
0: of comes out in in some kind of kind of way when you're when you're making a record or you're just you know reflecting on a yeah, situation. Yeah, I mean
3: because I'm someone who writes very much from his own experience mm-hmm. um, for the most part, or at least you know sometimes other people's experiences make their way in. But they, you know there'll still be people that are close to me or mm. or situations that are close to me and. So, you know, yeah, I I don't really write from a sort of Mm -hmm. um, abstract perspective. No. It's quite Um, quite
0: therapeutic, actually, isn't it? To process things and then put them into music. Is it quite difficult to perform? Say if you've got something that's really emotive or something that you feel, God, that was a tough time when I made that. Mm. When you then perform it live, does that... Sometimes, yeah. It's quite difficult to do. Sometimes.
3: Depends on the night. Depends on the song. Depends on a lot of things. But, yeah, there are certain songs that I, I... Can take you back. Can't sing anymore, or there are certain songs I don't want to. There are also certain songs I don't want to sing anymore. Mm. If I think about songs from my first, you know, record or two. I was what twenty twenty when I wrote some of that stuff. Jesus, mm. like some of it, I just cringe at because it's so naive and just doesn't resonate with me anymore do you know what i mean so but that's like, life
0: though isn't it and actually yeah the reason you you feel that is because you've grown and you've had experiences but yeah actually, but
3: i think sometimes it's hard to sort of you know step back into that space yeah but yeah it depends you know like um but i try i try and be authentic with it anyway, mm-hmm.
0: you know is it really interesting this is a completely off topic but I actually just made me think about this so i was having a conversation recently about remembering being like 21 and do you Obviously, we're for ages. Like, so much has happened and so much has changed. But yeah. do you do you ever kind of think, God, I remember that person, or does it feel like a blur to, or someone you used to know? Because I, I definitely feel like it's someone I used to know. Both, yeah. I
3: mean, I literally, um, I'll be in the supermarket and I will be stopped in my tracks and break out in a cold sweat by a memory of something twenty-one-year-old me did, said, <laughs> all the rest of it. You know, like, like Jesus, I'm like Christ, because he was a clown, um, but. We've all been there, <laughs> but you know I've got love for him too. Do you know what I mean? And I and, and I'm not, I, in some ways I'm still him. In many ways, yeah. so yeah, you you have to make peace with that stuff, don't you? Or at I least think you try do.
0: To. You do. There's some situations that you talk with friends. And you're like, oh my god, I can't believe we did that, or I can't believe we had those I mean, conversations Ask and... any
3: of my friends; they'll tell you there's a lot of peace for me to make.
0: <laughs> 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 oh no, it's brilliant. It's good that you can look back though and kind of um, have a view, sense of humor on. about it. Yeah, gotcha. you I have to, so. else, you,
3: else you know, it's game over. Absolutely.
2: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: So I always love, love talking about the community and kind of our, our identities and things in the community. So how, how would you describe yourself within our kind of queer community?
3: Well, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> uh how would i describe myself in what sense
0: i guess i guess how do you identify how do you how do do you feel that how do you feel you fit within the community um generally
3: um well i feel at home in it i feel i hope i give back to it Mm -hmm. um i try to Mm um yeah i love being part of it um i'm really proud to be part of it i'm really proud of everybody else in it i love the diversity of it Mm -hmm. um you know, our community, our, our queer community, our community in general down here is wonderful, but our queer mm-hmm. community in Brighton is a special thing. Yeah, and, I agree. You know, and I love how we come out for each other, we support each other, mm-hmm. don't always have to get on with each other. No. But it's not about that. It's about, you know, people show up mm-hmm. down here. Yeah. And I love that. And I've been, you know, really embraced by, mm-hmm. by the community in mm-hmm. large down here. And I'm very, very, very grateful. I also think as well, you know, and that's one thing I love about Brighton. It's a city, but but it does feel like a town to some mm, extent. But mm. it's big enough to not feel claustrophobic.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, it's a, it's a nice middle ground. In You've that got the respect. balance of both yeah, me, yeah, yeah, I think. yeah, definitely. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the queer community down here are great. And, and just watching how lockdown, you know, COVID was great for that. Just watching how people came together. Oh, really? How people came together. At that time, I was living above the Brighton Tavern. Mm-hmm. I still work there now and then and and that's a that's a, a you know a, a queer venue and mm-hmm. watching how people in the north lanes specifically were looking out for each other looking after each other taking food to each other wow that's um, amazing because a lot of the people that frequent that pub are members of the older lgbtq community <laughs> and are you know some of them are on their own and watching mm. watching how people came together around that was beautiful and being mm-hmm. part of that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I was really m- reminded that actually as disgusting as, you know, the human race can be to each other. Actually, w- you know, when the chips are down, we're pretty good at, at pulling out the stops. Yeah. So when it counts. Yeah, absolutely. So.
0: I feel like, yeah. And again, like, you know, being quite new here, um, I, I am just kind of blown away by the community. I mean, I've only been here six months, but mm. again, as you know, in Suffolk, there isn't um, there is a community, but it's mm. not a visible, massive one. Whereas here, you just kind of, I don't know, you just, it's just there. It's so visible and yeah. you can't help but immerse yourself into it. Yeah. And and there's lots of different people to meet and talk to yeah. with experiences. And that feels so lovely. Yeah. I um,
3: mean, I think when you, you know, you asked me about, you know, what what my, how do I see myself in the community? I, I don't think it's for me to answer that question. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I try and be an activist in all that I do. Mm-hmm. Um and i think i think most of us would probably say the same Absolutely. you know you know what i mean like um in whatever small way you could because everything starts with you and mm-hmm. and from there it's a ripple effect mm. um but yeah i think i think we are in a bubble down here mm-hmm. and that has to be acknowledged mm-hmm. but um I still think it's a beautiful thing
0: mm, absolutely i I love um I mean i you know again, we talked about art earlier and conversations and stuff, mm-hmm. so this you know this podcast I've met so many incredible people just by having this concept again yeah. i'm gonna do this you know and but you com-
3: but you created that you hold that you hold that space absolutely so but well done you
0: yeah but it's amazing to have those conversations with people to be you know i'm at the bar and at the queen's arms talking to you know sam behind the bar or i've had lovely conversations with billy or darren Kay or anthony mm. or you know and you're just you're just talking about something that is just something you know in your mind and then the reasons behind it and then everyone starts having these shared experiences and that's probably the best thing that I love about the community is that actually there's the conversation it's happening and it's still happening and yeah. and there's different conversations to be had as well. Um yeah. I really appreciate that I, I value it. I think it's just it's yeah, I don't think I'll ever stop talking about it. To be and honest. I think it's that's just,
3: what's lovely about being down here is that it's small enough for that to be a thing. Yeah. But I mind, you know, I'm mindful that this is probably maybe listened to by people that are outside of Brighton because oh, going out into global. the world <laughs> we're going global. We're global it. people. <laughs> uh, but but I think that you know the themes of community and the themes of you know being able to express yourself as queer people mm. and as and, and to exchange ideas as queer people, mm-hmm. that permeates everything. That's not just a Brighton thing. Yeah, yeah. Um so I think it's important that, you know, wherever you are, you're able to do that in some way. Well essentially that you just find your tribe.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, definitely. No definitely. matter how
3: small that may be.
0: I think for me as well, the kind of kind of concept of queer, you know, that word I've definitely got more comfortable with over the years. And I that's kind of a word I just use now because mm. I, I just feel that actually I don't fit in one particular box. But I think actually talking about where, you know, where we fit in the community, how you see yourself in the community, I think that it's actually become more and more important for me as I've got older, because I think when I was kind of in my twenties, I didn't really think about, you know, the history of queer, the queer history or kind of um, what the community has gone through, you know, but actually as I got older and started to Mm. do more research, read more books, that stuff just became more and more important to me. And that's what I feel like now as a it's a passion. It's like, I yeah. feel like I have to know this stuff. I think this it's a stuff.
3: duty to know. I mean, I was, and I'm not just saying this because I'm being interviewed. This is the truth. I, I've always taken a great interest in that. Right. It's great. Um, even when I was younger and, but just because I think that, you know, it's, it, you know, you want to know what's come before you. Mm. Well, I do anyway. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember going to see, uh, the Gus Van Sant, pick of harvey milk milk mm-hmm. in the cinema and i was working in a gay bar in soho at the time and i remember being so upset you know me and my flatmate crying our eyes out at the end of it and me being on the going into into work afterwards and talking to my colleague who well she's a friend of mine who was a you know a, a, an older woman and she said to me you know well oh, you know the generation today today don't know anything and I was like, well I felt really guilty. I felt really mm. ashamed because I thought it took Hollywood making a film mm-hmm. for me to know who this person was. And I thought that's not right. Mm-hmm. So after that, that mm-hmm. was kind of a, a a sticking point there where I said, you know what, after that I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna do my homework. And it's fascinating and there's such a wealth of history there. And it's 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 a really told story, some of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You know, it's brilliant. I love I, it.
0: I think it's circumstantial though, isn't it? Because if you're you know, 20, like we've talked about being like, you know in a rural town, mm. you don't have queer visibility around you, no one really understands you. Don't yeah, but like I a was living to... in
3: London then, I got no excuse.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, but even so, you, you take what you know, don't you? So, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. sometimes you watch something and it resonates with you. I would say my thing was my early 30s. Um, I was one of the organizers for Suffolk Pride in 2019. That's amazing. That's not early 30s, that's that's <laughs> a lie. I was mid 30s. I'm, I'm like, oh, don't get hung up on the numbers, numbers, but it's just yeah. numbers. And I met so many incredible people on the mm. committee, and we yeah. put yeah. this pride together four thousand people turned up it was just amazing and i kind of thought wow look at this community coming together it was yeah. my first kind of intro into it and i remember just meeting so many different people so many different identities and i just thought wow there is a real history here like this is yeah. we've got to celebrate and you know and the podcast for me this is about celebration understanding who we are celebrating all of our queerness and being visible and yeah so i think it takes something sometimes just to kind of understand why it's important to reflect on the past or learn something new and then take that forward. Well,
3: uh, you know, somebody... I remember a history teacher of mine saying to me, and it always stayed with me at school. I loved history at school anyway. Um, but he said to me, if you don't learn about your history, it's only going to come bite you in the arse. <laughs> it's true. The past will bite you in the arse yeah. if you don't make peace with it. Yeah. Or at least know about it. And yeah. I was like, yeah. you And that's, that's proven to be so true as I've gotten mm. older. Um, but I think... You know, one thing we when you talk about community, and I think we can all relate to this as queer people, mm-hmm. um, is that thing of finding finding chosen family. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, I'm very lucky. I have a wonderful mother, and a wonderful stepfather, and a wonderful sister. And but my family life back home wasn't always hunky dory growing mm. up, and there was definitely a need to go out and find people. Tribe. Yeah, and mm. I think we all. You know, I don't have some of the horror stories of being rejected by my by my family that some people do, mm. but a, there's a real thing that I think we all had of having to go out and find people that would accept us, mm-hmm. or find a space where we felt safe mm-hmm. and included. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that we can all relate to that. And there's a real, th- and I think that's why community, queer community, tends to be so strong. Yeah, is that we have all had to do it. Mm-hmm. you know we've all had to leave where we came from and, and go somewhere else and find our way and find our tribe and yes it gets easier and i'm not saying that it's always you know perfect or whatever but i think we we all there's there's something in that for all mm-hmm. of us you know and again i think it's wonderful
0: mm. i think that leads nicely on to the kind of next topic really which is allyship um and i think that comes from having your tribe having your and mm-hmm. uh, your chosen family because i think again you know just being here meeting so many different people um you know allyship is incredibly important we have to have each other's backs you know within our community outside of our community it's not just about allies having our backs it's about us all sticking out you know our necks out and looking after each other so what's your kind of view on on allyship and you know um i mean it sounds obviously in communities incredibly important for you but you know um where do you kind of see yourself as an ally and you know are you someone that stands up and kind of says when things are wrong or
3: god yeah yeah <laughs> yeah because to be silent is to be complicit mm-hmm. um i i yeah i mean i i just think if you're not, if you're not an ally then w- why are you here mm. you know if you're not like if one of us is discriminated against discriminated against then we're all discriminated yeah, against absolutely. That, yeah. that to me is a no-brainer quality for all isn't it? yeah and, that, and i mean that's that's not even a queer thing that's a human thing mm. Mm, you know absolutely it's a human because it's human rights you're talking about really yeah you know take take queerness out of it or or trans rights or whatever out of it we're all human beings at the end of the day the end mm-hmm. so why there's always so much argument about who's right or who's wrong or or this segregated mentality mm-hmm. doesn't compute for me It's so archaic and mm-hmm. obviously ridiculous mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. um we're all we're all in it together, are we not?
0: Mm. I find, yeah, and you know, Anthony and I talked about this last week and I find it so,
3: I don't know, like, we're not going anywhere.
0: Like, no. there are, there have been gay people and trans people and, you know, queer people, you know, for, for generations, You're it's like, a little slurp then. Sorry. Yeah, it's very nice. <laughs> sorry <Yes>. about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thirsty. First sound effect um. on, the vo- on the podcast. But, you know, there's been, like, so it's like, we were talking last week about the, you know, don't say gay in America and and it's just like, like I, I just sometimes i just kind of go what like yeah, i can't even comprehend what we're understand. still talking about and you know um and i just li-
3: just and, and this is such a glib thing to say cuz it's so overused mm. but just live and let live mm. surely why is that so difficult yeah you know why is it anybody's business who you sleep with what your gender is how you identify what pronouns you use why does anybody else give a shit? Yeah, absolutely. Why? Why, mm. why does it bother you so much? Mm-hmm. What's your problem? You know, look at your own life. Sort your own life out. Let people be how they want to be. If they're not hurting anybody,
0: mm-hmm. leave them alone. I think it's fi- I think it's fear. And I think it's almost yeah, like...
3: Yeah, get over it.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I agree. But I think it's sometimes people just... What people don't understand, they're scared of. And then they kind of... You know, spout out loads of rubbish, and and, but all
3: all all prejudice stems from fear. Mm. It's fear of the unknown. It's fear of what's Mm. different to you, Mm -hmm. or it's fear actually a lot of the time Mm -hmm. of a little part of yourself that you see in that in that person that you're frightened of. Mm.
0: So you're now going to play some music for us. Yeah. Can you tell us about what you're going to play?
3: So I'm going to play two songs. Okay. Um. One is called Always Tomorrow, uh, and it's about overcoming depression it's about that point when you've been really sad where you decide to open the curtains and pull yourself up by your bootstraps and live essentially Mm -hmm. Mm um and then the next one is about it's called augustine and it's about someone that doesn't love himself very much and someone that's grown up with a lot of shame and it's it's essentially about gay shame Mm. um and yeah, and they're both. And that's all I'm going to say about them. But they're both on the new record. The new record. It's not new. It's a load of old songs. But on the on the new um, best of record, um, which is out there everywhere. If you yeah, want to go listen to it, stream it now.
0: <laughs> cool. Take it away.
3: Thanks. I will. <laughs> Thank you.
2: Dancing alone to the tune of my loneliness Eyelined a still in last night's party dress How the hell did I end up here? Memories come knocking, soon they're gone again Torn from a page regret is my only friend, she's sleeping over here along with some fellow called fear but it's a fight in the dark not the dog in a fight and so you lost all you got what you still got tonight, tonight, and tomorrow There's always tomorrow. Cigarette cherry, a spark in the darkness cling. To all out depends on it, wounded but not beaten. The saddest dies but still not defeated. Cause it's the fight in the dog, not the dog in the fight. And so you lost, all you God? But you stay. Tonight and tomorrow, there's always tomorrow. This creature's strange, this thing they call hope. You can't touch it or see it at the end of your rope, but you know that it's there. When nobody else cares, I care. I said I care, cause it's the fight in the dog. Not the dog in the fight. And so you lost all you got. But you still got tonight, tonight and tomorrow always tomorrow The towers they are falling The tides are changing The dead wood is cut from the tree But it's the fight In the dark, not the dark in the fight So you lost all you got But you still got tonight And it's the fight in the dark Not the dark in the fight Are you gone, but you still got tonight, tonight and
3: tomorrow? <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: Uncasting Why so sad? Life gave you all you could have wanted More than I ever had The biggest heart The widest smile Need a boat to sail across it, but your eyes they cannot lie. You turn every head in the room, all eyes are on you. But I taste the sadness you wear on your lips. A bit of sweet lip gloss rubs off when we kiss. Augustine, what's eating Augustine? Augustine, so full of shame. See, so you found confidence at 14 with men that never asked your name, but that was then, and this is now. If you only knew just how much we all love you, but you can't let it in somehow you turn every head in the room all eyes are on you but you're busy counting the hearts you can't break and dancing with ghosts from a past you can't shake augustine where's it got you augustine please wake up augustine Augustine, one day you'll find that while you were navel gazing, the world up and left you behind. Your hair is thin, your looks have gone, and you'll turn to your ladies in waiting only to find even they've moved on. Everything you think you want, you carry inside you But you put your faith in the ones that reject you In an ideal of love they can never live up to Augustine, where's it got you, Augustine?
1: Where's it got you,
2: Augustine? Where's it got you, Augustine? Augustine Standing right before you, the best friend that you ever had. I know your struggles, I see your flaws, but I still count a blessing that my path collided with yours. I love you, Augustine. I love you, Augustine, I love you, Augustine, so why can't you, why can't you, why can't you?
0: Was really amazing thank you so much thank you thank you for playing that was the first time we've had any live music we've had a bit of acapella singing ah. but playing and um and singing uh that's really lovely so thank you so much i'm very i'm very honored really thank do you for having me appreciate that so we're going to finish with a little quick fire round okay cool um so be as honest or as whatever as you can and also <laughs> Are don't you want, sure you don't want to answer don't answer okay queer icon madonna Oh my god! Everyone said
3: Madonna. Okay, well I say something else then. I was just thinking of the first thing that came off the top of my head. There's so many. Why Madonna? Tell me why Madonna. Ah, because she was amazing. She still is amazing. Yeah, because she's awesome. Okay. She said it was okay to be, you know, fierce and strong and stand up for yourself. Mm -hmm. So we did.
0: Good answer. Amazing. And getting thumbs up there. You've got a new (laughs) friend. Um, Queer anthem. Mm.
3: Can I come back to that?
0: No, <laughs> no. Right. Think of it. What, what would you? Come on, if you had to, you're going out. It's a night out, Saturday night.
3: Come on, come on, let's go out. Put someone to get you in the mood. Bam. Queer anthem. Oh god, there's so many, and now I can't think of a single one. <laughs> um. Mm, oh my god, I was going to say express yourself, but that was too much Madonna, right? That was ants. Okay, well we'll just go with that for now. If you think of another one, if I think of another one, I'll go. Yeah, okay, I've that's going to be worrying way in the back of my mind now. I'm not very good at quick fire. I've got I? no, I've got no, no <laughs> one has been to be fair. It was <laughs> like, oh, I don't know what to say. You can't, you can't, you know, you can't ask such important questions and then say they're quick fire. I've
0: got, I've actually written a couple of personal ones though. I don't know if we should use these. Oh, but we'll, just, we'll go with it. Okay. Let's have a go. Yeah, okay,
3: music or sex? Both.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sex or food? Both. Food or sleep? both and, I've, and the next question was are you willing to compromise on any of these but clearly I'm not, not willing to compromise on anything <laughs> ever
4: <laughs>
0: favourite spot to relax brighton beach okay ballad or a banger ballad ballad finish this sentence in 5 years i will be
3: Rich and famous and shagging someone 10 years younger than me. Oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sounds fabulous. <laughs> Just remember this podcast, all right? It's all I'm saying. I will, I promise. Um, if someone is buying you a drink, what would it be? A double. <laughs> a double <laughs> of anything? No, I'm kidding.
3: Uh, a, large, a large glass of red. Oh, oh, what red would you go for? Malbec. Oh, I love a Malbec.
0: Mm. Oh nice. L D did a really nice Malbec I know. actually. It was like a blue lid. I know,
3: I've swept it.
0: It's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. like £5 a five pound bottle. It's great. Honestly, yeah, honestly. A few Christmases ago, I think I bought about 20 bottles. I was yeah. like, have more red
3: wine. It's everyone. good stuff. I love it. Yeah. It's really, it's really good. Really yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly when you yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really yeah.
0: nice. Um the best and worst quality
3: you might find in someone? The best. Kindness. The worst. meanness like mm. stinginess I hate that yeah, yeah yeah that is quite shit isn't it yeah yeah mm.
0: finally a message of inspiration for anyone listening
3: um be kind do what you love and whatever is going on in your life wherever you are at in your life however shit your day might have been you are enough oh
0: yeah that's lovely that's really there nice. You go. That's a nice way to finish. I do have a gift for you. Do you? I do. I've made oh, everyone the same lovely. gift. Everyone's good, like, <laughs> here we go. Everyone's listening. So I've made... Well, that's
3: so kind. I love a present. <laughs> Is it a large bottle of Malbec? <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. You could, you could wrap it around a bottle of Malbec. <laughs> oh. Okay. So I've made everyone a scarf. Oh, wow. And I just thought... I don't know why. Oh, my God. I... Have you knitted this? Yeah. I just thought you'd... <gasps> that's like... gorgeous. I thought you might just like a black scarf. Yeah. Tra- i try tried to change a colour f- or choose a colour for everyone oh I love it
3: I is love right? it I, lo- there may be I a love few the minutes. fact that you've m- you've knitted that yeah that's beautiful You've that's a lot of time that you've put into that <laughs> four or five hours oh my god that's amazing is that all right it's beautiful. I love oh, it. I love it. I love it. Everyone love said it.
0: that. You really knitted this. But actually, it's quite therapeutic. I quite enjoy it, actually. Although yeah. I have to say, season two, I'm not making anyone a present because it's a that's race a, against that's time. That's a lot of knitting. I know. It's got... beautiful. Thank oh, you so much. You're welcome. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You're very, you're very, very it's welcome It's been amazing. Indeed. And I wish you all the success. Oh my the God. Album. Hang on. One moment. Oh, yes.
3: Another quick anthem. Yes. Robin. Oh. Dancing, dancing on my own. own. Yes. That's a le- that, yeah. That. That's a good track. Let's have a bit of that. Mm. there you go that's a good one yeah yeah, yeah. boom I, what would my queer anthem be I don't know there's so many I've, there's like, I've got like a whole playlist of them somewhere but I can't think of any of them right now
0: yeah there's some good tracks I, to be honest anything that
3: you can just get up and move I think is should we go drink some Malbec and, and listen to we should to
0: we should absolutely do that we'll, we'll get that in the diary and do that <laughs> let's that's, do that yeah we'll, kind of, we'll do a video to match the podcast brilliant thank you so much and all the You're rest welcome. of the album thank you for it's having been, me it's thank been you. lovely thank you so
3: much thanks a million
0: Well, what an episode. I was so thrilled to speak with Alan today. And as well as an amazing conversation, how lucky were we to listen to two of his incredible songs and to see him play live in the studio was just really, really magical. So big thank you to Alan for doing that. If you like what you heard, you can check out Alan's music on all the streaming platforms and also check out his website, alanbonnemusic.com and um, look him up on his socials he is one to watch alan's also got some gigs coming up later in the year and we'll be doing the abba show once again so i'm certainly going to check that out and i recommend that you do the same don't forget to like this podcast share and subscribe you can also follow me on instagram my address is at fluey actually thank you so much for listening to queer i am the podcast until next time